This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Rick Majan. Rick is the Chief Operating Officer of the Stanford Children's Hospital, the Lucille Packard Health System Hospital. He's going to talk to us today about the Children's Hospital, the role of COO, and a lot more, uh, a magnificent institution. Rick, can you take a moment, tell us a little bit about yourself, and tell us a little bit about Stanford Children's Hospital. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Scott. So, yeah, my name is Rick Majan. I'm uh, the Chief Operating Officer here at Stanford Children. I've uh, been here for about two years. Um, spent most of my career in St. Louis at BJC Healthcare, working in a variety of strategic and operational roles, and, and found my passion in pediatrics um, sort of midway through my career. And uh, through a, a series of lucky events, ended up out here at Stanford, um, helping to lead the team out here. Uh, Tell us we about have, uh, maybe a couple points of pride in the Stanford Children's Hospital. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we've got about uh, 400 beds uh, here on our main campus and uh, a number of other beds scattered throughout the region at our partner hospitals. Um, you know, we'll see probably uh, this year probably about 4,500 births. Um, we'll have about $2 billion in, in operating revenue. And um, total outpatient visits will be in the probably the 600,000 range. Um, really do our best to, to serve the, the moms and kids here in the Bay Area um, and actually uh, attract quite a, quite a bit of business for our specialty programs uh, from across the country. We actually have the highest case mix index of any pediatric hospital in the country. So you can imagine that uh, there's lots of families from all over coming to, uh, to see the wonderful physicians and, and nurses here. When you talk about the highest case mix of any pediatric hospital, what does that mean? Does that mean the highest acuity cases, or what does that mean exactly? It it does. It does. And it, it's heavily skewed by our, our heart program. I mean, we have one of the most um, intense cardiac programs in the country uh, performing uh, some procedures that really no one else does, um, that, that really um, the kids coming from all over the world. Uh, you know, the, uh, the interesting thing about the California market, because of the strength of the Kaiser Permanente system, um, all, 30% of the market stays inside that system. And so, as you might imagine, most of pediatrics, fortunately, is low acuity. Kids don't generally get that sick. Uh, but when they do get really sick in this market, this, this is the place they come. Fantastic. When you look at this year, what are you most excited about this year? Um, you know, I think coming out of the pandemic, um, you know, we, we weathered the pandemic, I think, really well. Our team was absolutely amazing, really just stepped up and, and did what they needed to do for, for kids. And our leaders did what they needed to do for our, our employees. And we continue to take care of moms. Um, I think we are, uh, we've got some wonderful clinical, program, uh, clinical programs that are really starting to accelerate their growth. Uh, I think that's, that's, that's the first thing. Uh, and I think the second thing is that, that, you know, we're all excited about is taking the lessons that we learned over the last year and seeing how we can make some of those permanent. Uh, we learned wonderful things about remote work, about, about telemedicine. Um, you know, we went from, from seeing 20 kids a day uh, via telemedicine to seeing 800 kids a day. And we're, we're back to about 400, 500 now. So we're, we're seeing some sustainability there. Um, but I think the, you know, the second thing I, I think is, is really keeping those lessons going from the pandemic. Um, and then I, I think the third thing is uh, we're doing a lot of work in digital transformation. Um, obviously, digital health is, is a big part of that, but, but leveraging the environment that we're in here, here at Stanford and, and Silicon Valley, trying to figure out what are the best ways to solve the problems that face us in, in healthcare organizations every day, and what are, the, what are the best ways to solve problems that patients and moms and dads face in taking care of their kids every day. And there's a few areas where Stanford Children's Health Hospital is ranked top three, top five in the nation, and U.S. News and World Report. How does that happen that you become so great in certain specialties? What's the recipe for that? 
Yeah, you know, I think it's it's interesting when you when you look at the U.S. news world rankings. Um, there, there's a variety of sort of uh, quantitative measures, and, and there are very few qualitative measures, with the exception of physician reputation. Um, I think the, the the key to success, I think, in the, in that survey, uh, the keys, I should say, um, I think volume helps. Uh, number one, um, but number two, I think you just have to have an overall reputation for clinical excellence um, to to get your physician um, preference scores. As, as high as you possibly can. And third, you've just got to do the basic blocking and tackling. Um, you know, when you do things like reduce the, um, the rate of bloodstream infections you get, for example, that, that has an impact across all specialties. And so I think our, our team, you know, focused on being clinically excellent in those specialties, but, but also just doing the, the basic blocking and tackling across the hospital um, every single day that, you know, the, the hard work of, um, you know, if we were a football team, the work that the linemen do, um, doing that every single day, day in and out is, is really what I think makes for a very consistent patient experience. And, and having that approach across the hospital, I think is what leads to excellence. Um, having, having pockets of just stellar, stellar, outstanding performance, but having everybody across, across the board and everything they do, making sure that they're following their standard work and, and doing it to the, to the, the standards that were set. No, it's, it's, it's actually a, a, a brilliant statement. One of my colleagues who was a valedictorian in his law school class explained that the, the trick was doing it every single day with the discipline every single day and never taking a day off towards clinical excellence. In that case, academic excellence, it was just never taking a test, never taking a day off. And it sounds very similar to reaching just excellence in, in what you all do is constant eye on the ball of how do you get better and better and improve. Talk for a moment, Rick, how is the job of the CO evolving in, in today's world with people working from home, not working from home, new technology, other kinds of things. In the old days, the CO, the clipboard, talked to people, walked around, had lots of meetings, made sure the shifts were running on time, the trains were running on time, whichever metaphor you want to use. How is that job changing in today's world? Yeah, I know. No, great, great question, Scott. I think it's evolved quite a bit. I think actually, even just in the last year, um, in, in many ways, um, you know, my colleagues around the country, we joke, we become um, organizational psychologists, um, both for the organization and for the leaders in it. Um, I think we we've had to very quickly adapt to a remote work environment, um, so that we're not able to to wander the halls in the same way that we did before. Now we can do that in the hospital, but but in, in many of our support areas, if I were to wander the halls, I'd, I'd be the only person in those rooms. Um, um, I, I think that uh, learning how you um, connect with people online, uh, you know, Zoom is a wonderful thing uh, and it's a terrible thing. It's a, it's a terrible thing because we can't be in the room together. It's a wonderful thing because it allows us to be in the room together and, and learning how to, um, how to efficiently run meetings. Um, virtually, um, how to uh, figure out how you can work the social connection into those, um, you know, simple little things. Um, it, it our, it our team meetings, sometimes we'll start off with, a, you know, just a, uh, an icebreaker, much like you might do with a group of strangers. But we found that because uh, the nature of, of, the, um, of the Zoom meeting is that you go right into business right away. And we heard from our leaders that they were actually missing the culture. Uh, they were missing sort of that personal interaction. And so, you know, we'll ask questions like, you know, what was the first concert you went to? Or what was your favorite toy? when you were a kid, uh, you know, 
uh, what, what's your big plan for the summer now that we're uh, able to travel a little bit more freely? So I think there's a, there's a social nature to to um, to work that we're trying to bring back. Um, and that hadn't been something that we were as focused on before because it sort of happened organically. Um, I also think that, you know, more and more, uh, I look at my role not just as developing leaders, but developing systems. And while I think that traditionally was was one of the focus areas for, for the chief operating officer, I think now in this world, it's even more important to have good systems. So, you know, our budget uh, systems, our operating system, our capital system, what's the process that we're going to use to carry those out? Um, how are we going to get new business plans approved when we're not able to all get into a room together and, and talk about things and, and debate ideas out? So really figuring out the best ways to, to really efficiently um, and effectively build the team as you're doing those activities. Um, you know, we're, we continue to be focused on, on flow and access and making sure, as you say, that the trains run on time. But I think there's, there's a broader context to the role that, that may, may have not been as apparent before, uh, before the pandemic. Yeah, no, I think that's actually brilliant. You know, I've seen one of the leaders in a different organization I'm involved in bring so much more of social in terms of every meeting discussion into it. And, and it's really been a fascinating thing for watching that work in terms of nurturing the group whether pictures of people and their children or whatever it is, uh, different types of icebreakers. It's fascinating you mentioned that because I've seen it in action so well done by a different leader in an organization. And I, and I could see where that connectivity in today's world is so much more important than we all sort of took for granted some time ago. Uh, Rick Mason, just a pleasure to visit you with you, as always. We'd love to have you on again in the near future. It's just great to speak with you and hear what's going on at Stanford Children's. And, and just the evolution of the role of the COO and, and, and this concept of excellence and how it's, uh, you know, never taking a day off and constantly focusing on both systems and people, systems and people and every single day. Rick, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Scott.